Hello and welcome to the Vista Milk podcast. I'm Emer Ferguson, the Education and Public Engagement Manager at Vista Milk SFI Research Centre. During the course of this podcast series, we will introduce you to some of our fantastic researchers and the work they do here at the centre. We hope you enjoy. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Anna Claudia, for coming here today to record the podcast. We're delighted to speak to you here in the Tyndall National Institute. So first and foremost, Anna Claudia, am I right in calling you Anna Claudia or do you call me, please? Claudia, <laughs> perfect. I'm glad I asked. So. so Claudia, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm Claudia. I'm a Portuguese uh, PhD student, uh, second year now, and I'm in a project in Tyndall and Vista Milk, of course. So two years, so I imagine yeah. you started at the start of the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, crazy time to start a PhD. <laughs> yes, I was locked in Ireland at home with no family or friends oh. for like maybe around four months. It wow. was tough. <laughs> tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how have you found that transition now from, did you come from Portugal or from somewhere else in the world? Yeah, I did one year Erasmus in Norway Okay. for my last year of master's. And after that, I went back to Portugal for maybe one, two months, yeah. trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And then I found this PhD here in Ireland okay. and I came here. Brilliant. But yeah, it was in a tough moment to travel and to move across yeah. another country and just be by myself. <laughs> yeah, find your community and yeah. oh, everything. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. I've yeah. spoken to a number of people who said, yeah, starting a PhD is difficult. Starting a PhD in a pandemic. That is definitely very difficult. Yeah. Um, but you're here, you made it, you survived. Yeah, of course, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm an extroverted, so I guess that helped me a lot when things came back and I was mm. just pushing my way into people and introducing myself to everyone yeah. and get to know people. Yeah, which is difficult during a pandemic when you can't meet people. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel sometimes extroverted people actually struggled nearly more because they were they wanted that that connection with people and there was oh, yeah, no options yeah, yeah. introverted people I found were like this is okay <laughs> and like for us in Portugal it's so natural when you meet someone to give two kisses or like a nag if they yes. are more close to you yes. and here we're just not even an handshake and now you don't even know if you should go for an handshake or not yeah. it's just weird <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy but do you like Ireland have you enjoyed living in Ireland oh, so yeah, far absolutely I managed to for one or two trips across Cork County and it was really nice. Brilliant. Yeah. Any particular favourite spots? So far, Kinsale, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. During the, the summer is lovely. Yeah, and I think the weather is getting better and better every time. Oh yeah, I'm um, so happy about that. So happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking coming from Portugal it must be a very different climate. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of seasons it's similar, but especially the summertime lasts longer and it's warmer. <laughs> exactly. So it's exactly. always good to have one week break. Yeah. in August just to be able to go home and definitely. enjoy the Sunday. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So tell me a little bit more about, I'd love to hear about your journey to this point in your career. So tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. when you were going to high school, any maybe mentors or inspirational people that, that would have led you to the career that you're in today. Yeah, um, since a very young age, I was always like top class student, mm. which was nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. And I always thought I would be like a medical doctor. So once I was going to apply to university back in Portugal, I did apply to medical um, doctor mm-hmm. and biomedical engineer mm-hmm. and maybe one or two other courses that I found could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've just turned up to put me into biomedical engineer, yes. which honestly was the best thing that happened to me. I mm-hmm. loved it. 
mm. all the models that we had related to engineer, I felt like I was in my element. Mm. And the part that you could connect it to bio and medical device and healthcare mm. was just a plus for me. Mm. Like I really loved it. And I, back in Portugal, we have these courses that were bachelor plus master. So I did a bachelor in biomedical engineer mm -hmm. and I knew I would do the master, which I did in medical devices. Mm -hmm. And then it's a two years master. So at the second year, I was able to get enrolled in Erasmus for one year in Norway. Wow. And that's where I conduct my first time close contact with research, mm -hmm. like actually doing proper research, publishing, creating something new, mm -hmm. being aware of, you know, gaps in science, novelty, what that is, and so on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point close to the end, I realized, oh, Jesus, I like this. This like, this is, there is always like a challenge. There is some, always something that you can do different, something that you can innovate. And I, I, I fell in love with that. Yeah. So once I finished my master, it was very natural to me. I understood that I wanted to go on a PhD career and let's see whatever it's going to lead me to. Mm -hmm. So I started applying to um, PhD positions across mm -hmm. Europe mainly. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I got a position here. Here we are today. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. So what a journey. And I love that you've kind of touched on you know, that it was not necessarily a clear path at the start, that you, you grew and developed oh, and yeah, changed sure. over, over time. Because I think so many people, when they're 17, 18, they really don't understand, you know, maybe their strengths and weaknesses and yeah, what they would course. enjoy. And similar to yourself, I also had planned to kind of go into the medical route and I ended up with physiology, which I was so glad, really, in hindsight. I loved the, the science behind it and yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's interesting how life can throw you some some changes yeah, of but course it all but you are up. the one that make the most of it exactly exactly yeah. so if you were to think back to yourself when you were 12 13 14 years of age is there any piece of advice that you'd give yourself now to get to where you are today happy in your career hmm. maybe stop worrying so much yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have an entire life ahead of you and even if you make a mistake that won't yeah. like, be so define definitive of yeah. your life yeah like exactly. it's not going to define mm -hmm. your entire life even yeah. now like i because you know you we are in a research center with people that come from different fields mm -hmm. and you can see i mean even if you do like a very specific course it doesn't mean you are end up working on that if you want you can change yeah like you can do another master you can do mm. you can just change the road to whatever you want if you are willing you know to do that change, mm -hmm. to learn new things and, you know, to just catch bits here yeah. and there and yeah. progress from there. And I think, again, the idea of opportunities, you know, never uh, let an opportunity pass you. Always say, OK, maybe I won't yeah. enjoy it, but I'll learn all the same. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's so true. No, I love that. People have spoken a lot about passion, you know, about being passionate about your subject and following through and focusing. Mm -hmm. um, but I do love that idea that, uh, you know, just you know, embrace life with all its changes. So yeah. I think that's really lovely, no, Claudia. I was thinking now, maybe when I was 14, we were doing these um, transitional year yeah, um, yeah. kind of activities where we could talk with some um, psychologists and mm. stuff like that, and they would point you in mm. some directions. Mm -hmm. But still, you would hear sometimes if you are a girl and you were thinking maybe physics, engineer, math, they would say, oh, you know, 
usually there are more boys and girls there. Just be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. I like. Uh, and yeah, I don't see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But again, I so think it takes a strong. Yeah, like yeah. you kind of almost have don't to be try. very strong and brave as well to to kind of go outside of whether it's society or your comfort zone and kind of say, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm okay with being a exactly. young girl. Yeah. Um, but it does take a little bit of bravery, I think, sometimes to step yeah, outside. Yeah, and this type of comment sometimes also yeah. takes you a bit down. Yes. And just don't doubt of yourself. If you want to do something, just go and try. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. You are young, you can change. Yeah, don't doubt yourself. I think that's a lovely quote. That's really, really true. Mm-hmm. So you've talked a little bit about your, your childhood and, and being interested in stuff like that, but I'd love to hear what you're doing today. So tell us about your research um, at Vistamilk here yeah. in Tyndall. At the moment, is the project is mainly focused on, let's say, you know cows, they, mm-hmm. and a farm, there are loads of cows, of course. <laughs> like, um, there are unpredictable diseases that can happen to one single cow, but can go across the entire earth. So farmers, and even vets, they need a tool where you can see and understand how the health and well-being of the cow is going on, if she's okay, but not only one, across the entire herd. Mm. So that's what we are focusing on in this project, is mainly to develop, a, it's called a smart tool, so you can think about it as a bigger pill for humans with loads of electronics inside that will be inserted inside the stomach of the cow, of course, without no pain, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll stay there measuring some parameters that can be interesting for vets, for farmers, or even other researchers. Mm. And we are talking about, let's say, pH, temperature, uh, pressure. There is always also an increasing interest in methane because of the greenhouse emissions. So if you could measure the methane that is produced inside the stomach of the cow, you could maybe develop some strategies to reduce that emission. And my role in this project is mainly focused on the electronic side of it, so all the ships and components, electrical components, that you insert inside the capsule that allows you to capture the measurements and the signals from the sensors, send it to the cloud and make it readable and understand to anyone that wants to access. Okay. Wow, it's very <laughs> futuristic. I love it. I can just imagine that now. But when you spoke about how, how do you actually get the bolus into the animal? Like, is it, do they swallow it? Do they, is it an, an intervention? Is uh, it that, a... That's a question that I get all the time. People yeah. are very really interested about that. So you have like an arm and stick extension, mm-hmm. like a gun extension that okay. you insert the bolus on the tip of it. Okay. You insert that extension in the cow mouth mm-hmm. and you drop it there. Oh, okay. Like a lavage? Is it kind of like, um, yeah, like if you were giving um, medicine into the animal? Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. They are used for that as well. Yeah, they are yeah. used to drug deliver as well. Ah, oh, I see. Okay. I can yeah. I can imagine it now. But I can almost imagine, you know, the farmer has a smart device. They just scan it over the cow and all of a sudden this information or via the, the cloud is communicated. Yeah, there so are different ways cool. to get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. And like... I mean, here you are today, Claudia, talking about cows and cattle. Are you familiar with, Are you? do you come from a farming background or is this completely new to you? <laughs> it's not completely new because back in Portugal, I live close to the city, but in the countryside, okay. which is, it was really nice growing up. And my family, we have some animals, not necessarily cows, but I remember when I was maybe until my 10, around 10, 
we were always going to a milking farm, mm. getting me and my mom going by food to the milking parlor, getting milk, fresh milk from the cow. So it's not entirely strange to me. I'm yeah. used to it, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are just lovely. They are beautiful. I know, and like one and beautiful cows, country oh to God. be in. <laughs> with with all of our dairy cows, we have such a strong dairy heritage here in Ireland. So a perfect place to be researching it yeah. as well. Um, really, really fascinating. Okay. And like, do you see other applications for this bolus? Do you see it outside of, of cows and cattle? Do you see it in other animals or even yeah. humans? Like, I know there is applications in human health as well. Yeah, that's true. That's the good thing about, in my opinion, about the electronics is that you can just apply it to mm -hmm. different applications. Mm -hmm. So the electronics that I'm developing now, they could be applied, let's say, even to the milking parlors. They can be miniaturized. I mean, like decrease the size of it and mm -hmm. go into humans, they can be used, you know, as long as you as you attach something appropriated, like a different sensor, they would sense it. So it could be anywhere, actually. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I, I like the vers versatile part of it. Yes, Vers versatility is so important. And I think all the people we've spoken to so far, they're talking about that, again, that idea of you start with one idea with your project and then it can just grow and change yeah, and, yeah, and all yeah. that. So it's just so fascinating. The impact of the work. So if, if imagine now five, ten years into the future, where do you see this field going? Um, I, to be honest, I hope this can be, like, mine can be commercialised. Yes. And not only applied into cows for the farmers, but also like it could be used as a tool for other scientists mm -hmm. to even improve, improve it even further. Mm -hmm. You know, they could use it to double check their results. They can use it to test and compare with different commercial available devices. Mm -hmm. Like there is a big branch of um, yeah. applications, applications. Yeah. and even like indomitane and greenhouse mm -hmm. gases. Like I would love this could be used as a way to understand the impacts of greenhouse in, yes. emitted by cows in mm. climate change. Because mm. of course, be like thing. I think it's misunderstood as well that the methane and the methanogens that is created in the cow's stomach, you know, it's not the cow, it's actually the, the bacteria mm. and stuff inside yeah. the cow that's creating the methane. Um, and I think that's that's still very, um, you know, limited, limitedly understood, uh, I even in science, you know, about how that works and how mm -hmm. you can intervene and stuff. So yeah, that would be a fantastic application. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I suppose, you know, we're looking to the future, but what does the future hold for you? Do you hope to stay in research? Do you hope to go to industry or have you any ideas? Is it still an open book? Yeah, it, it's always an open book yeah. for me. I, I don't like to close any doors. I don't like to close any windows. You never know what's ahead of you. So yeah. I usually tend not to plan too much ahead of yeah. me. So let's say I'm still in the second year. I have two more to go and let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's see how I feel at the end, which opportunities appear, and I will go from there. And I know outside of work and related to your work, you're also very passionate about teaching the next generation of scientists. Yeah, so can I you tell us a little bit about, because you know I'm passionate about this. <laughs> tell us about the, I love the STEM activities. We had the chance to do one in a school here in Cork with um, students from sixth and seventh grade, I think, or five. Or and fifth and sixth. Fifth yeah. and sixth, yeah. exactly. And it was, oh, it was so much fun. I actually enjoyed it so much. Even, you know, the ones that are more like a rebel and everything, like, I love it. I really like it. I like to like be able to pass information to them and like make them passion, very interested about something for them to see they have so many opportunities ahead of them and they are the future of us. 
So, ah, uh, yeah, I mm. love STEM activities. I love EP activities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you have a real passion for it. And I think that comes through in how you've spoken about your own experience. And I can imagine you would be fantastic in the classroom. So we'll have to organise a visit, I think, the two of us. <laughs> of course. Um, because I know that activity that you're speaking about, Coding with Cows, is about bringing the idea of coding to the next generation. Exactly. And it's not always necessarily two um, disciplines that you would put together, coding and cows. How do they relate to each other? Yeah, so I think yeah. the children are always very enthusiastic about like oh this is oh, next generation stuff you know yeah, they so, were <laughs> definitely definitely they were but, engaging a lot with me yeah and I think their questions are just so honest and so um you know just so blue skies you know they yeah. completely look the bigger picture I think as we grow up sometimes we just narrow down our questions and we f- feel foolish asking certain questions whereas children it just every researcher that I work with they walk away from a classroom or younger children and they kind of go I never thought of my research like that before you know and these are young children you know it's uh it's just amazing oh, yeah. so. I remember there was a really nice question from a girl like it was just so honest and pure. She was like, oh, are you going to run after the cows in the field to put the bulls inside? I was like, I don't think I will run after them. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I mean, I laughed so much. Yeah, it's so, and it's such an honest question. Like, I remember, of course. You, you know, of course they're wondering, well, how are you going to get it in there? You know, how are you going to do it? Uh, and I, I think a lot for, you know, especially children living maybe um, in the city or, or even in big towns, they don't have that familiarity mm-hmm. with the with the cows in the countryside so again it's a little bit of a an alien concept of uh, you know they, they imagine their their ponies or their horses <laughs> and these tame animals and you know cows and cattle can be can be a little bit more um more more wild but uh yeah no fantastic so i'm so glad we touched on that as well and i know you do some work here in tyndall with another uh, colleague i think for stem outreach as well do you want to speak about that for a minute and uh, this was virtual lessons that you did maybe during the pandemic teaching coding um was it STEM? Oh yeah, I did some uh, STEM activities for the Smart Kids Club. Yeah, I remember yeah. how you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Like it was so nice to be the main teacher, let's say that way, for an audience. Although being online and then comparing to being in person, yeah. there was much more engaging from the children by being in person. Yeah, but still. Lovely yeah, kids, like lovely. I really enjoyed, and especially if they were there because they wanted, mm-hmm. you know, like they got enrolled there because they were interested, and it was fascinating, fascinating to see how young they are and how aware of technology and even like technical details, like mm-hmm. uh, what is an Arduino, what is a microcontroller, they knew all of these, yeah. and I was fascinated about that because yeah. I had no idea what an Arduino was when I was their their age. I know, and suddenly I feel when you go and interact with children, you feel very old all of a sudden. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not know that when I was your age, you know, technology and everything. So it's a very exciting future, I think, you know, for children based on, I hope, you know, there's some some younger secondary school students who will listen to this podcast and maybe be inspired by your journey. And uh, you never know, we could be talking to them next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know. Well, with that, I'm going to say thank you so much, Claudia. Thank that you. was fantastic. We learned so much and I look forward to talking to you again over a cup of tea. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Vistamilk is focused on innovative pasture-based dairying and is co-funded by Science Foundation Ireland and the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. To find out more about our research, visit www.vistamilk.ie or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn.